welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Merca, Toyota Susho, and Develamark. Welcome to Elite Business Advice Podcast. I am your host, Chris Moore. Wait a second. No, I'm not. <laughs> but I am on the set here with Chris Moore. Uh, we are doing PCA today, and I'm interviewing you because everyone knows who you are because yeah. of your podcast, but I don't know if everyone knows about your background. And yeah. so I wanted to get to know you a little bit more and let the audience get to know you more. So let's start off about your journey into the trades. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I... Uh... I hope it's a good thing. Let's not go too far back, like in history, and get to know me. But no, I'm kidding. Yeah, there were some questionable tweets. Uh, we, yep, yep. Let's not cancel <laughs> me. That'd be great. So, although it worked out for Morgan Wallen, so I might be open to it. So, <laughs> all right. So, how did you get involved in painting, Chris? Yeah. So it's it's a funny journey. Um, I was not the typical craftsperson. I didn't start out with a paintbrush in my hand and then learned how to run a business. I actually came into it the other way. So I went to SAU Edwardsville here for school. I was an entrepreneurship and marketing major there. I got connected with a company called Student Painters. Um, they're a company that exists throughout the Midwest uh, and a little bit up Northeast that teaches college students how to run and manage a small business. And they use exterior house painting as the vehicle of the business that they run. Um, there is an art and science to exterior painting, but some of it's not rocket science. So you can teach 18-year-old college students how to do it. Uh, but they really focused on the business aspect of it. It was a business internship uh, that we actually go out, got to go out and run our own painting business in the summertime in between semesters. So we were, you know, we would recruit our employees that would do all the painting. We'd go estimate and sell all of our jobs. We'd schedule. We would oversee production. We would do the financial analysis and profitability. Um, it was really the like it was a really awesome internship. You know, we got a chance to see what it was like to run and manage a business hands on, uh, and nobody else that was doing internships my sophomore year was doing anything remotely close to that. Um, that sounds a lot like College Pro Painters. It's very similar. College Pro, College Works, there's a handful of companies that kind of are in that similar space. They all differ in, in structure and investment, different things like that, but very similar to it, yep. So how many people like in your class took advantage of getting into a program like this? Yeah, I mean, it, at SAUE, there was probably, I would say, six or seven of us. Um, you know, when I ended up staying with student painters for seven years, um, and so we did recruit it, you know, Mizzou, SLU, a lot of local colleges, but I'd say there was probably five or seven of us from SAUE out of thousands of business majors, right? So were you guys kind of looked down upon with like, let's say like someone had an internship with a local company here in Merritt's. Yeah. I know, I know Merritt's yeah. is a, yeah. a company here in St. Louis, but were you guys considered like second class entrepreneurs? No, I mean, I can't say we really were, um, just because it was the, such a neat experience, right? I mean, to be honest, like it's still to this day, I mean, you're literally empowering 18 year old college students to go and run and manage a painting business. You're painting the biggest asset of people's lives, their houses. Like it's a very risky business model, right? Uh, but the fact that we were able to do that without having to invest up front, again, every company's different, but student painters, there was no upfront investment. It wasn't a franchise we bought into or anything like that. Um, 
And so, no, I can't really say so. I mean, I can say from the painting side of things, we were kind of looked down upon, right? Somebody that had been doing this for 20 years and all of a sudden there's these 19-year-old college students out painting the house. Um, looking back on that, I see why we were looked down upon now. Um, but, you know, I mean, so it was a little bit more from that angle, but from other companies, no, not necessarily. Cool. Uh, now, you did this for seven years, yep. right? So yep. you did it after school too? Yeah. So I did the internship my sophomore year at SAUE. Uh, they asked me to come back and stay on for two years and kind of mentor a few of the interns. I would, I still ran my own business with them as well. Um, you know, and it's crazy. Like I never really went into it with the expectation of like, Hey, I'm going to stay here long-term. It was like, Hey, this is a really cool opportunity. I want to capitalize on it. And then I just thought in my head, I was going to move on. Right. And they wanted me to come back. Uh, and then as graduation got closer, they offered me the general manager spot for all of St. Louis, Southern Illinois, all over Missouri. Um, and so then I stayed with them for four years after, after college. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a really cool opportunity to really get a, a much higher level leadership. Um, I ran our whole internship program for the area. That's kind of what the general manager role was going to college campuses, doing all the recruiting for our interns, training, coaching, mentoring, which is kind of what led me into where I'm at today. Um, but yeah, so I ended up staying with them for seven whole years. So what were some of the biggest things that you learned in those seven years? Man, how many of them do you want me to list? Um, you know, I think the, the the couple biggest things that really stood out to me was, one, what it takes to be a leader, um, you know, in, in overseeing that many people, having a couple layers of, you know, district managers in between me and the interns and stuff, and just really trying to lead people on a larger scale, right? Um, you know, we got to a point where we were doing, uh, you know, about a million dollars a year here in Missouri, strictly through May 1st through maybe September 1st. Like, so we were, you know, if you spread that out over a whole year, we would have been on track to be a three to $4 million company. Um, and so I think just like really understanding leadership and, and more so learning who I was as a leader, learning what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were, all those things. Um, so I think that was a huge piece of it. You know, I think the other piece of it is just like what you put into it's what you get out of it. That was one thing we always said with our interns is, you know, what you put into your business is what you're going to get out of it, right? If you try to market two hours a week, you're not going to succeed very well. The people that were out grinding, marketing 10, 15, 20 hours, networking with people, they're the ones that succeeded. Um, and I think even in the position I was in later on, the amount of work we put into it for recruiting, for interviewing, for training them and, and structuring everything is what we were able to provide them and what we all got out of it. So, And was this like paid? Like, did you get to keep the money that you earned? Yeah, wow. absolutely. It was pretty cool. I mean, it literally was like... I mean, there was students, there's, we're actually going to have somebody um, we're interviewing on the show next week. Um, he was in South Carolina, and at the time, he broke the rookie record for an intern. He did, I'm going to botch this, so sorry, Chandler, if you ever hear this. I think he did about $128,000 in revenue in the summertime, and I think he profited, it was well over $20,000 wow. that he got to keep. Like, that was his. Because I'm sitting here thinking about internships that I had right in the corporate little world. different little different <laughs> so I, I'll say like I think we got ten dollars an hour yep and we're doing the grunt work yep like I remember in my marketing internship I had to worry about the yellow page ad mm -hmm. and I was set up totally <laughs> set up I had to go to some vice president's office yeah to talk about our yellow page listing and she slammed the yellow pages down. She says, this is 2006. Do you think we advertise in the yellow pages? <laughs> and I just run out with my head between my legs crying, yep. right? Yep, exactly. 
like a little different. And that's, <laughs> but you know, I think that's what, like, from a recruiting point of view, like, I think that's why we were so successful with it. Um, I had an amazing mentor. His name was Charlie. Him and I still keep in great touch nowadays. Um, you know, and, and he was such a blessing in my life in so many ways. Um, you know, and just so many things I learned work, business experiences, life mentorship, a little bit of everything. Um, and you know, it, it was so different because that's what differentiated us from a lot of the other companies. Like we would always say that when we had info sessions on campuses and not to bash the other internships, but I'm like, this isn't an internship where you're going to be making copies for people. You're not getting coffee. You're not just sitting in on meetings. Like you're literally out in the field running a business mm -hmm. with guidance, with mentors, with training. We teach you everything you need to know. Um, and to me, that's what was so rewarding about it was we would take 18-year-old college students that maybe never had a job before. They were a three-sport athlete in high school, you know, 4.0 GPA, whatever. We didn't, like, recruit based on GPA necessarily, but maybe they just never had time to actually have a legitimate job. And they would come in and run a $100,000 business and make fifteen to twenty grand in the summer, nice. you know, because they had the work ethic. They had the, the teamwork mentality from playing sports, and they didn't know what they didn't know, right? And they would just come in and crush it. And like, those were the victories that I kind of miss it sometimes. Like there was, you know, a lot of pros and cons with it. A lot of work went into it. Uh, but you know, I, those were the stories I love. So what was the next phase of your life? Like? Yeah. So, um, you know, the next phase was elite painting phase. Uh, and so, you know, I'd spent seven years in the industry. I always still ran some sort of a business each year, even if it was 20 to 30,000, because my main focus became the internship program, not necessarily painting and, and production. But I always had a team of people that we would kind of keep busy in the summertime. And, um, you know, again, through all the all the victories and all the fun things, there were fires that had to be put out, right? And again, you have 18-year-old college students painting houses. It doesn't always go smoothly, right? Um, and not because we weren't doing good quality work, because you'd have college students that would just quit in the middle of June halfway through a project and you're dealing with it, right? Um, and so it got to be where I was getting more distracted each year from the fun coaching victories and dealing more with the fire putting out, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, all of us that kind of ran different regions in the Midwest, we were kind of all feeling that same way, right? We'd been here for seven, eight years, had a great experience. I missed the culture. I missed the camaraderie. Um, you know, that we had, that we had built here in the Midwest, but, you know, it was kind of time, like we kind of all were like, you know, I think it's time to move on, you know, and, uh, we were all kind of on a call and just decided, Hey, this is kind of the end of the road for us. Right. You know, we're all ready to do something different. And, um, my wife, we'd been married for, I'm going to say about a year now at this point. Right. And, uh, she comes home from work. She's like, Hey, how was your day? And I was like, great. We need to talk. And she's like, okay. And I was like, so I don't have a job anymore. Um, we'll just quit. So this is cool, you know? And, um, and she was like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I know how to run a painting business. Right. Um, and I always knew that what I'm doing now with elite business advisors was really my passion. Like I always knew that's what I was built to do. Um, but at the time trying to build that on a whim and I just knew it wasn't the right time. I knew timing wasn't right. Uh, and so I was like, well, I'm going to go open my own painting business. Right. Um, and literally the next day started working on the logo and all the, you know, legal stuff that goes into it and, um, birthed elite painting. Um, and I ran that for four, four and a half years, pretty much full time until I jumped ship in, into this. And how is that different than the experience that you had before? Yeah. Cause you're kind of going at it all alone. You don't really have a safety net. Exactly. Like there was no safety net. The only safety net I had was, I think, um, I had a few painting jobs already lined up from the other company. 
that I was able to just kind of take on to at least get through a couple of months. Right. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was a completely different situation. You know, there was no internship, there was no recruiting, there was no training and mentoring. It was like, Hey, I had one painter that was still working with me at the time. And it was literally him and I out on job sites for the first six months. Um, just because that was the only way that him and I could make enough money to get through that beginning phase. Um, many people in the painting industry will know this and you will laugh at me. I literally started elite painting November 1st of 2016. What are the four worst months for painting companies? November, December, January, February, right? Um, and so, you know, again, thankfully I had seven years of, you know, previous customers and like I had a good network of people built up. Uh, but yeah, we literally just started grinding. You know, it was like, hey, let's get our name out there. Let's explain the change and what's going on. Everybody was very receptive to it and stuff. So, so had you been like hands-on having to paint when you were in college? Um, a lot the first year when I was okay. an intern. Um, I still stayed somewhat in touch with it over the years. I can't say I ever just completely got away from it. Um, there was one year I had to take over about eight weeks worth of work from an intern that quit about two hours away. So you want to say that you learn how to build systems and empower people literally ran a business two hours away from me going there one day a week. Mm -hmm. Um, it, that was a huge growth point for me. So, you know, there were, it kind of went in phases. Right. Um, but really after the first year I hadn't been in the field every single day working like that. Um, so it was definitely a mindset shift. Um, but it was, you know, I had a lot more time on my hands, right. I wasn't doing all the things I was doing for the internship program. So I was able to redirect my time just to focus in on getting jobs done, getting more jobs lined up. Um, and literally building a company, you know, again, I had the network, but literally starting from scratch. Okay. And so early on, it's frustrating, right? Yep. You have to get back in the trenches and actually yep. do the painting work. Yes. So what was that trajectory like as you began to build the business out? Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so like I said, November 1st, 2016, company launches. Um, March 1st to April 1st, the following year, 2017, we were able to hire the second person. Um, thankfully Trent had been with me, um, for like two to three years. So him and I had a good relationship. I knew he was able to be delegated to, and that he could do stuff on his own. Uh, so whenever we were able to hire that second person, that's really when like the business flop kind of started, right? That, you know, Trent and Ben was the other guy's name started doing more of the production. And I was, I went from being in the production role with Trent to, okay, now I got to go do more estimates, right? Cause now I got you two doing the production. I need to go focus on the business. Um, and so, you know, we were able to, you know, just through marketing and network and stuff, get enough work going that we could kind of flip flop roles, um, that I could start focusing more on the business and get out of the day to day production more. So, so how did you go from elite painting then yeah. to elite business advisors? Yeah. So, um, again, like I guess I always knew that in the back of my head, this was what I wanted to do. Right. Um, and I knew that painting for me was just a a cash infusion for three to four years until I could build this. Um, and so, you know, we started growing elite business, elite painting, I should say. We started growing elite painting and to a point to where it was like, okay, we've got three employees going now. Um, we're at a pretty steady point. Like it was a hundred percent organic. Like at that point, outside of a networking group I was a part of, there was no paid marketing. There was no paid advertising. And we were staying about six to eight weeks out. Um, and again, that's a culmination of eight years of effort. Um, but you know, we were able to like, it was getting, I don't want to say sustainable, but we had built the right relationships with the right people that I wasn't spending time trying to market and grow the business. Um, and so, and I knew too, that if I never started this, it was never going to happen, which I know sounds very cliche, right? 
Um, but I had lunch with a good friend of mine. He's kind of been a mentor to me, Mark Warren. He's been um, on our podcast a handful of times. And him and I had lunch one day, and he's like, you know, what's your passion? You know, you have a painting business. So this was um, probably October 2018. And uh, and he said, you know, what, what's your goal? Um, and I said, well, I, I, can't, I really want to coach business owners and, and start focusing on that. And he was like, I'm going to challenge you to set a date. And he said, and just stick to it and make it happen. He said, because if you don't just set a date of when you're going to make this clean break, seven years from now, you're still going to be running a painting company. And I was like, hmm, all right, that was good advice. So um, so I'll kind of back up. And then I, March of 2018 is when I started Elite Business Advisors um, because I knew that I was at a point where I had some extra time to start devoting it, right? Um, I say this not in an egotistical way, but I was at a point where our painting company, we were doing about 200000 a year. And I was putting in about 20 hours a week of effort. I had a great production team with the three guys. I did the estimates. I did the sales. I did the scheduling. I'd show up at 9 o'clock, get them going, and I could count on them to get the job done. Occasionally, I'd pop in at the end of the day. That was my day. Um, and I don't say that to brag. That's just where I was at. So I had time to start working on this business. And I'll never forget. I love sharing this story. My mother-in-law might hate it. But... Um, I was down visiting them. They live about two and a half hours away from us. And I was telling her what I was starting, right? I was so excited. I was, you know, working on the logo and getting the website and doing all the fun, fun slash painful stuff. And, uh, and she asked me, she's like, how are you going to do that? And I literally looked at her and she wasn't asking out of like in a negative way. Like she generally was curious. And I literally looked at her. I said, Denise, I have no clue, but I'll let you know in a few years. And she just kind of started laughing. And I'm like, I, I really don't know. Like, I don't know how to monetize this. I don't know how to structure it. Um, and so looking back, I'm very glad that I spent two years running this business in addition to the painting company because I was able to learn so much in that time. I was able to kind of trial and error, um, not trial and error the advice we were giving, but trial and error the process and the system we needed to effectively help people, right? Because business owners need structure. I didn't know how to monetize that. You know, how many times should I meet with them? How, like, what, what should the dollar value be and stuff? So, um, the two years I was able to run both businesses, it was crazy. Like, you know, you're running a full-blown painting business and now I'm building a business number two. Life was chaotic. Like my wife deserves a gold medal for putting up with me. Uh, but she knew the vision of what I was trying to achieve with it. So we heard what your mother-in-law had to say. Yep. What about your immediate family? Was there anything like, you're crazy? What are you doing? You know, not really. Um, and this is where I'm very lucky and very fortunate that my parents, uh, I'm an only child, so I don't have to worry about the siblings, you know, bashing. Uh, but my parents and my wife and like immediate close friends um, were all incredibly supportive about it uh, because they knew that my passion wasn't painting. Right. Like my passion is still the painting industry. We, I love working closely with painting contractors and what we do now. But they knew it wasn't running a painting business. They knew that I was wired to do more. And they knew that this was kind of my purpose. And what I feel like my calling is, is to help business owners. Um, and so I'm very thankful that they were very supportive about that. There wasn't a lot of pushback. It was like, hey, go do it. Like we believe in you. We know you're going to make it happen. We know that you have no clue how you're going to do this. But we know you're going to figure it out. Um, and not that we've got it figured out by any means, what, five years later, four years later here. Um, but we're, you know, we, we have a great foundation of like, okay, we know our process. Mm -hmm. We know what clients need. We know how to communicate that and make that happen now. Um, you know, we're still growing and iterating and creating new documents and, you know, different things. 
Um, we're constantly benchmarking ourselves against other companies now to better serve our clients. Uh, and I think any business is always going to continue to evolve like that. Uh, but yeah, we, we definitely have a great support system around us. So if I were to come to Elite Business Advisors, yep. what services would I get? Absolutely. What services do you need, Chad? Um, <laughs> you know, the, the couple areas we really mainly help people in, I say there's really three main areas. Um, the first one is the financial piece of things. Um, we really focus in helping business owners understand their financials, tracking their financials, uh, tracking the cash flow of their business. Um, because I think the finances is like the one piece of the foundation that often gets overlooked. Uh, and so we really focus on helping people get their finances in order, organized, understand them. Um, and so that's the one area. And I tell people, we go everything from just helping give you advice to literally, we have a couple clients, we are their CFO. Like one of them literally called me yesterday and said, do we have money in the account to cash my distribution check? And he called me and not his business partner. <laughs> like, so wherever they need us at, we're in the, in the game on that. Um, we partnered up with Crystal Scott, who's been on our show multiple times. Uh, she handles all the bookkeeping and payroll stuff for our clients. So we're able to offer those services in house too. Um, and very thankful for our partnership with her. Um, the second area is the marketing side. Uh, we help people, you know, put marketing strategies together, um, figure out how to build deeper relationships with people, uh, do their social media and then ongoing email campaigns and just the whole marketing piece of their business. Again, everything from advice and guidance to execution for people that need that. Uh, and then the last one's the day-to-day -day operations, you know, all the communication, the how to grow the company, um, how to, you know, make things better with your employees and all that. So, you know, we really, we pride ourselves in being able to help from a 30,000 foot overview because we're well aware that the way you market your business and the money you spend on it affects your finances, which affects this, which affects this, right? Uh, and so we aren't just a marketing consultant that only cares about your marketing of your business. We try to make decisions based on the best interest of your company as a whole. And I know that you guys are really successful because I've noticed all of your clients have the same logo. Yes. Yes. I mean, it just makes it easy, right? It just makes it easy. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, um, I love it. I really like capturing this story, this arc of how you were in college to where you're at now, because yeah. the core is really entrepreneurship, yeah, right? 100%. And it seems to me that there's a few common traits that you possess that I think would resonate with anyone else who's interested in really getting in this industry and succeeding. Yeah. One is delayed gratification. Yes. But then also having a sense of urgency. Yep. So give yourself a timeline. Like if you're in the corporate world and you're burnt out, yes. give yourself six months to get out and whether it's start your own business or yeah. actually pick up a brush and start in the trade, Yeah, set a timeline. I agree. And that's like I said, that, that piece of advice from Mark was one of like the most impactful things for me. Like I said, we had that conversation in October of 2018 and I went home that night and told Christina, I was like, end of 2019, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Now, I didn't know there was a pandemic coming three months later, um, which was not the worst thing for us. It just really shifted how we had to grow. Like, we love doing a lot of speaking engagements. We've got Expo coming up, um, you know, a lot of local networking things. Well, that went all out the window. So, you know, it definitely made it a little bit interesting for us. Um, you know, and I still do a handful of painting jobs throughout the year uh, for friends, family, people I know. But, um, yeah, I think just having that deadline and I would say, you know, like I said, for us, our, our motto has always been build it sustainable. We didn't want to get in and just make money. And that's why I didn't want to start it back in 2016 was 
I didn't want to just have to be like, hey, I need to figure out how to make X amount of dollars tomorrow and not do things the right way for people, right? Um, because, I mean, when you when it comes to advising, coaching, whatever term you want to put on what we do, consulting, um, you're going to get all ends of the spectrum, just like painting, right? You're going to get everything from the cheapest person in the world to the John Maxwell price of $20,000 or whatever he charges for an hour coaching session. I don't know that for sure, but I'm just throwing numbers out there. Um, and so, you know, we knew that we wanted to build it a sustainable way uh, and that we wanted to have clients that are with us for the long haul. And it's been really cool to see over the years that we've been able to retain, you know, we're at about a 90% plus retention of our clients, at least 12 months or more, um, which is pretty crazy for the, for the industry that we're in with coaching and consulting business owners. Um, and it's because we want to price ourselves at a point that's fair to both parties, but that we can add a lot of value and keep clients for the long haul. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes it's the slow, but surely win, wins the race. Uh, but, you know, we're glad looking back on it that we did it the way we have and built it in a way that we feel is sustainable in the future. And we don't have all of our eggs in one basket of a client that the day that they say, hey, we're going to move in a different direction, we go, oh, okay. It's like, all right, cool. Sounds good. Like, you know, we're in a very sustainable spot um, with where we're at. So one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on and tell your story is yeah. because I really and firmly believe that this trade is for everyone, yep. whether you're out in the field or you're helping out in some capacity from an industry partner perspective or a consulting firm, this is for everybody. Yes. What advice would you give to like maybe a young Chris yeah. that's 15, 16 years old yep. or to a young person watching this show that is trying to decide what, what career path they should get into. Sell them, sell them on the trade. Sell Chris. them on the trade. I love it. Well, I would tell 15 year old Chris, take golf more seriously and try harder <laughs> practice. But, um, no, you know, I, I really agree with you. I think that this trade is a great thing. I think it's one of those things that you can make a good amount of money if you really understand what you're doing with it. Um, and that if you're serious about it, you want to create a business, the barrier to entry in a painting company is very small, right? Um, yes, you need to be good at painting, but you can figure that out, you know? Um, and I would say the biggest thing for anybody that's younger is just get a mentor. You know, we talk about that on our show a lot, is just get a mentor and learn from them. If you're 16 years old and you want to get into the trade, go work for a company for a couple of years, get the raw skills down and develop yourself as a business person if you want to start your own business someday. Uh, because the knowledge is there, you just got to seek out the people that have it right? You got to find the places. You got to find the podcast like PCA Today and all the other shows you guys have. A little biased about one of them, but, um, you know, seek out the knowledge and develop yourself um, because you can make a great living in the painting industry. Um, and it doesn't have to be painting every single day. But if you love it, you can figure out how to structure your business around that. We've got a couple clients that they love painting and it's hard for them to really take their business seriously, right? And so we've been able to, you know, it's taking time and we're still in progress on some of them, but, you know, we're trying to structure it in a way that like they can go paint 20 hours a week, but everything else is still getting done, right? They just have to hire out the different aspects of their business so that they can go paint 20 hours a week, you mm -hmm. know? So I think that's one of my favorite things about entrepreneurship as a whole is you can create your business however you want it to. You just have to figure out like, what do you enjoy? What pieces of it are you good at? and know how to hire and structure the rest. I love the concept of kind of creating your own path yeah. in the in the trade. So if you if you do really get passion from yep. being in the field or if you get passion from the business side, there's a path for everybody. Yes. You just have to have the right systems in place. Right. 
My question for you, though, okay. is how have you seen those systems? How have you seen the trade professionalize since you got in? Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Um, you know, I definitely think a lot to answer your question. Um, and I don't know if it's just because of the path that I've taken and how young and naive, I'll, I'll say that, um, that I was probably at age 19. Um, but I really feel like, you know, and again, some of it may just be the different network I have now than when I was 19 years old. Because uh, at 19, the only exposure I had to other painting companies was who I was seeing inside Sherwin-Williams when I was picking up paint, right? Um, now being involved with the PCA and, and everything else that we're a part of, um, we see kind of a lot of people that are taking their business more seriously. So I'm not naive that both ends of the spectrum still exist, but I really feel like through the podcasts and the educational kind of boom that we're in, right? Um, and everything that's out there, I feel like people are starting to have those aha moments. Um, and some of the older school, like rough around the edges, people are starting to realize I'm stepping on toes. I'm sorry. I apologize, but it is what it is. They're starting to realize like, I can't do this for forever. Right. Um, we've had a couple of clients, great guys. They're the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. They'll paint 80 hours a week and they're 50 years old and they're on like rotator cuff surgery. Number three, they got a bad back, this and that. And so they, they realize like, I have to figure out another way. Like this isn't sustainable long-term. And I think even the younger people are starting to see that too. Right. And so I think it's really forcing the whole industry to start to continue to focus on the business piece of it. Um, and becoming still having the craftsperson mentality, but having that business owner blend with it. So Chris, you know, what's not hard on the body. What's that? Having a relaxing time at our expo in Orlando coming up March 2nd through the 4th. You're going to be there, right? I'm going to be there, and I can't wait. Yeah, you're going to be recording a few podcasts, I yep. think, and also doing a few sessions. Yeah, yeah. So we'll look forward to seeing you down there. Yep. Um, but do you have anything that you want to leave with the audience? Any last thoughts? It's yeah. been a pleasure having you here. I appreciate it. No, thanks for the opportunity. Um, you know, I think the last thing I'll kind of leave on is you mentioned Expo. This kind of popped in my head. Um, is fostering collaboration over competition. Um, if you're going to Expo in Orlando, you're going to be in a spot where you're meeting painting contractors from all over the country. And I think taking advantage of that, learning from them, right? There's a lot of amazing presenters that are going to be there, again, myself included. Um, I put myself like at the bottom of the list. When you're like there with Nick Slavic, like you're kind of like humbled, right? Um, so, you know, there's going to be a lot of great presentations that happen, but I, I really feel like a lot of the value is in the in-between sessions, at the lunches, at the, you know, Sherwin-Williams events, the Benjamin Moore, all the different events going on, um, when you can collaborate and connect with other people. Uh, whenever we were out at the one in Arizona a couple of years ago, and, you know, we started seeing that, right? And the you know, clients are like, man, I still talk to so-and-so from California, and all these things. Um, and that's kind of led us to launch our mastermind groups for painting contractors, which is exactly what we do with that. But I think if you're going to Expo, or even if you're not, like connect with other painting contractors, listen in, figure out what they're doing. Um, again, it goes back to kind of the mentor thing, but when you can really foster that collaboration over competition, I think that that's really where your business can thrive. And you promise not to be too drunk. I promise you that. <laughs> I promise you that. Why do you think we were presenting on Wednesday? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And nope. I promise if you do get too drunk, I'm going to post it all over social media. I give you permission. That'll keep me in check right there. So as if I didn't have enough reason as it was, but well, no, I'm excited. Chris, we are so happy that you're here today yeah. and we're so happy that you're going to be at Expo. So yes. thank you so much for coming on PCA today. Awesome. I appreciate it, Chad. 
Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.